This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I've personally never tried therapy, but I've heard from friends it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Waypoint to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Waypoint. ButcherBox makes it super easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty. And ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your front door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use code WP. Welcome to Gearbox Talk, a show brought to you by Go Wild. I'm your host, Brad Lutchell, and I'm also the co-founder of Go Wild. On today's show, we're tackling one of the trickiest times of year for bass fishing. It's the summer shift to fall. We're diving into questions about when to change your tactics, what those tactics should be, and of course, what gear you need for the job. I got to tell you, I, th- I think most of you probably fish the wrong lures. And our guest, uh, Steven Taylor, he's one of the most successful bass tournament anglers in the state of Kentucky. And I'm serious about that. Over the last 20 years, that's been true. And some of his advice and his gear choices kind of surprised me. Now, I'm not a great angler, but, you know, typically the stuff you hear and the tactics you see people using and, and talking about, they're not necessarily what Steven's doing. And he's going to talk through that. We're going to discuss topwater baits, targeting tactics, and much more. And as always, at the end of the interview, I'm going to ask Steven what his favorite piece of gear is for chasing those fall bass all the gear mentioned is in the show notes so make sure you check that out and you might want to grab your gear now honestly i know fall's coming and it feels kind of far away but it's not and the way outdoor gear is selling out right now it might actually take you a few extra days or weeks to get it so make sure you're grabbing that gear now it is in the show notes if you want more advice on bass fishing please subscribe to this show wherever you are, you know, YouTube, podcast, whatever. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future content about fishing in general. All right, that's enough banter. It's time for Gearbox Talk with Steven Taylor.
All right, Steven Taylor, welcome to Gearbox Talk, a show all about gear. I'm pumped to have you on, man. I, I need all the fishing help I can get. Fall is coming, so that I, I'm personally excited about this show right now. Awesome, awesome. Fall is a great time to fish. It can be really, really tough, but if you understand what the fish are doing, you can figure them out pretty quick. That's right. Well, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about you know where to find these fish and, and what to use once, once you know where they are. Steven's going to tell us all about the gear he's using, but first, I want you guys to understand this dude's career in fishing. I mean, he's got a, a lot of great experience. Steven, give us a little snapshot uh, of your fishing, uh, your, your journey in bass fishing. Yeah, I started fishing in the mid-90s, so I've got about 25 years under my belt, uh, competitive bass fishing. Uh, joined the Kentucky Bass Federation. That's where I got my, cut my teeth on it, that and club fishing. Um, so I've been a director, vice president, president of the federation for, for that whole 25-year span, tournament director. I've done all of it. Um, and then I've, I've won quite a few tournaments. I mean, I've won uh, the Angler of the Year four times. I'm the only guy to win it more than twice uh, in that span. Uh, been state champion twice. Right now, I'm, I'm the defending state champion and angler of the year. So I'm looking forward to defending my title on Green River Lake here in August and see if I can do it again. <laughs> so he knows what he's doing, guys. That's that's basically what we're saying here. He's he's had his go at the bass fish. So I, I've done a uh, I just did a podcast on the or a show with John Hunter who fishes the FLW and John talked a lot about where to, where to chase the bass in the summer, you know, where to find them. And I'm interested to hear your take cuz it's a little bit different now, right? We're going to start to have weather changes, the the fish's behavior change, but something you mentioned and I think it's interesting and people may not always think of this if you're new to fishing, the bait fish's behavior change. So, uh that was the first place you took me to in our prep, so let's go there. Let's talk a little bit about your tactics and what you're using with, with the bait fish in the fall. Yeah, and, and what those what just, uh, thing to keep in mind is that in the fall the bass are going one direction. They're, they've been deep all summer. They're heading to the back of the of the creeks, the the points, the the bars. They're heading shallow, and they're doing that because that's where the bait fish are at. It, it, and it doesn't matter what time of year it is. You find the bait fish, you're going to find the, the, the bass. They're they're going to be right there with them. So just keep that in mind that if you're fishing deep and, and you're not you're not catching fish, keep going shallower. Just keep moving until you find them. They're going to be Somewhere in this fall transition, they're going to be somewhere between that 20-foot drop-off and a foot of water back as far as you can go. The other thing to keep in mind is that most of the, the shad they're feeding on, and they're feeding on shad and not crawls, the shad are going to be small. They're going to be, you know, New Year shads. So they're going to be anywhere from, you know, an inch to two and a half inches long. You'll find some bigger ones where you have gizzard shad, in Kentucky Lake, uh, Barkley Lake, Barren River Lake, Green River has some in them, but for the most part, they're going to be feeding on small shads. So you got to match that. Uh, and the other thing we'll talk about a little bit is don't be afraid to go shallow. Even at the very beginning of the fall transition, if those lakes are stagnant, then then the oxygen level deep has gone has depleted itself. It, it's just it's stagnant water. Those fish will go into a foot of water in the back of the creek as far as they can absolutely go. And 88 degree water, and I won that tournament last year in September, 88 degree water, and I was fishing a foot deep. Nobody was there. Everybody, When everybody got to six foot of water, they turned and went back. So I had it all to myself for two days. Nobody was there. Hmm. But keep that in mind. The the wind will, will stir up some oxygen in that little shallow water, and a little bit of runoff will bring some oxygen in. So that's where the shad will go. The bass will be with But, but when, when you're going back there, you need a search bait in that shallow water and, and one that I use, you, you can tell by looking at that one, it, you know, 
it's supposed to be a baby bass color, that green top, that's what it's supposed to be. I've been throwing that bait right there, and I've got four or five new ones. I don't get them out. This one I've had for 15 years, and I've wore all the paint completely off of it just from fish. That's probably the 10th set of hooks on it. Uh, to Donnie Ivano splash it, and, and it does really, really good in, in shallow water. And you can you can get on a, a, a channel bank wall and bring them up out of 10 feet of water, 15 feet of water, if you work it right. So just, you know, you want something to cover water. Just keep Talk, talk through how you work that, work that product. Talk through how you're pulling it through, just to give some advice. That, that one, I, I work it uh, inconsistent. That's what I can say. Don't be consistent with it. Be inconsistent. So you pop, 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 stop it, pop, stop it, pop, 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 stop it. And, and you want that thing being erratic. You want it to look like a, a shad on top of the water that's hurt, that's injured. That's what. That's easy food for the bass. That's what they're going to go after. So that, that's what you want to do. Okay. Um, and, and, and other search baits that I use a lot, uh, that's a um, KVD, Strike King KVD 1.0, uh, square bill, sexy shad color. You can't go wrong with it. And, and throw that to a 1.5, a 2.5, whatever you want to throw in the depth of water you're throwing. But again, small how small that thing is compared to what you would normally throw yeah. match the hatch i mean that's everybody knows that but you just you need to live and, and breathe that another search bait i throw that's a, a sloan stan sloan spinnerbait again the length of those blades real small small profile you need something small talk to the spinnerbait those- too uh you know how, how are you working through that uh, on the on uh this time of year yeah, the, the square bill is pretty much a throw it out there, just steady retrieve, try to touch the bottom with it. If you're not hitting the bottom, snatch it, jerk it, move it back and forth. That way you want something erratic. Again, you want whatever you're throwing, you want it to be erratic because they're looking for shad that are injured. And a lot of times what will happen, you'll be bringing it through there and you'll feel something bump it. You'll set the hook at nothing. You'll feel something bump it, set the hook at nothing. Those bass are running through there with their mouth closed, busting through those shad, and then they come back and suck up the ones that are in there going like this that are hurt and injured. So when you come go back through there again, be a real erratic with it, and you'll catch those bass that are coming back eating those those shad. Spinnerbait, same thing. Throw it out there, let it fall a little bit, reel it up, pop it, reel it up, pop it, be inconsistent, jerk it back and forth. Do whatever you can with it to keep keep it moving. To, to be erratic. That's that's the main thing you want to do. Whatever bait you're throwing, be erratic with it because that's that's what they're looking for. Those erratic uh, feeding or, or dying shad. Another thing to throw is a rattle trap in the fall. Um, that's again a Strike King uh, red eye shad, um, sexy shad color again. That sexy shad color. I don't care where you go in the country. It's a good color. It's a good mainstay. Everybody throws. They throw it. But, for a reason. I mean, the honey holes are, are there for a reason. Community holes are community holes for a reason. Fish are there all the time. Same thing with that. That's the reason they throw it. And again, the same thing. You can get in the back of a bay where you've got your boat sitting in four feet of water and the ditch is eight feet. Throw it out there in that ditch. Pop it. They call it yo-yoing. Bring it up off the bottom, let it fall. Bring it up off the bottom, let it fall. And, and those fish, again, they're looking for that, that shad coming down and dying. And, and that's what they're going to go after. And you, you'll catch a lot of fish by being inconsistent with your retreat. The other thing that, that a lot of people don't do that I do a lot is when you get in real shallow water, if you have gizzard shad, the thread fin shad are all the small ones. The gizzard shad, they're going to be six, eight, ten inches long. Huge shad. And when you have gizzard shad, you've got real big bass that are feeding on them. Throw a big bait. And I'm talking a big bait. And, and you'll walk that thing, just walk it across the water, back and forth, boom, boom, 
fluke. And when one hits it, you're not going to catch very many 14-inch fish. They're going to be three, four, five, six, seven-pound fish. They're going to be big ones. Yeah. You're not going to catch a lot during the day unless you get them feeding. I mean, we fished a tournament a few years ago on a Kentucky Lake. Everybody was fishing deep. Water temperature 85 degrees. Nobody fishing shallow. We found them shallow on the bars throwing that big bait in a foot of water. And the reason we, the way we found them is shad started chasing those gizzard shad or bass started sh- chasing those gizzard shad out of the water. We'd see the shad that were half as long as your arm would look like coming out of the water and big bass chasing them. We had a ball for a week doing nothing but throwing that, that big bait and walking it through there. Yeah, what do you got there? The, talk, talk through that, that. that. That's an evergreen shower blow. That's a 150. Um, and it, it, it just has a complete completely different look to it you can you can jerk this bait when you when you snatch it it will turn 180 degrees and if that bass is going up through there you'll see the, the it's like a submarine coming up behind the bait and when it comes up through there you see that bulge in that water slow the bait down and twitch it and it'll turn around and look at that that, that bass and it makes that bass mad and he will try to kill it he'll destroy it it, it, it i've seen it a bunch of times where i'm walking that bait coming through there now see that bulge coming behind. He just following along, looking at it, see where it's going, what it's doing, and then you stop it and twitch it where it goes out and looks at it. it. It just makes him mad. He'll try to destroy it. It's really, really cool way to, to catch big, big bass in the fall. So that's you know that, that's that's what I do in the fall. Um, the other thing, once once you find those fish back there, they'll get tired of hitting those fast baits. Slow down. For whatever color of shaky head worm you like to throw, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I like any color as long as a green pumpkin. That, that's my thing. On <laughs> I was going to ask you about color because Braden's told me, you know, anglers get so deep into all the, the chartreuses and all these different uh, varieties and different flakes and all this stuff. What uh, talk through a little bit on your pro- approach to color because it's interesting and it's not the same opinion that everybody's got, but you got a good career built up uh, and it's proven. So talk about your philosophy yeah, on color. It, it, yeah, and, 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 you know, when I'm throwing plastics, and I've heard Shaw Griggs me talk about this as well. He said, I don't care what kind of plastic you throw as long as it's a green pumpkin. Some version of green pumpkin, you know, it can be watermelon green. It could be, I like green pumpkin magic because it's got purple and green fleck in it, and it just gives it a little bit of flash. I always, unless the water is really, really clear, I'm going to spray that tail with, with a, a spiked garlic dye. It gives it flavor, and it gives it something, a different color, a different flash a lot of times what you, people don't realize that that doesn't look like a snake or whatever to a, to a bass when you pop it off off the bottom it looks like a bluegill put that green tail on it looks like a bluegill floating down through the water mm. and that's what they're feeding on but most of the time anyway so bluegill out there bluegill or crawl that's all they're feeding on in, in, in that that type of water uh, so that's what you're trying to mimic but it, it, it you know again when you when you Get to the spot where they stop hitting top water. Sun gets up high, no wind. Uh, you can't get them to hit a moving bait because they can see it too well. The water's too clear. Go to a little shaky head, four inch, six inch, seven inch. I use a zoom trick worm is what I throw. Green pumpkin magic, uh, green pumpkin candy, those colors. And I spike the tail and I've caught, you know, I throw that same color bait on an eighth ounce shaky head at night because i fish a lot of night tournaments and i've caught multiple six pound fish at night throwing that same bait anywhere i can find a, a place where there's light shine on the water bait fish there and that, 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 that that's the bass are there and that they'll eat on it um it it um <clears throat> it, it it 
never ceases to amaze me the people that get in their mind how they're going to fish and they won't change once they get out there. One thing I've been, I've made myself do is be really, really versatile. Don't get stuck on anything. Uh, you know, when I start pre-fishing for a tournament, I'll have 18 rods on the front of my boat. Tournament day, I want that down to four or five. If mm. you see me getting ready to fish a tournament and there's three rods on the front of my boat, you better pay attention to what's on those rods because I've got something figured out. I'm fixed to hand your butt to you. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, you know, if I get down to three rods, it's it's going to be Katie bar the door. Last year when I won the state championship, I had three rods in the front of my boat. Nice. Two of them had the same bait on them. So, it, you know, you, you need to pay attention to, to people when you fished against them to see what, what they're doing because they'll – They'll give themselves away if you're not real, not real careful. So, so you just did a good job of outlining the the tackle you're using. When, what do you look for in the fall with the transition? When, what are you looking for to know that it's starting to happen? Because you mentioned like around here in Kentucky, the fall can get here and it can still be 90 degrees. You know, sometimes it can get really hot. What what are the changes in the water? How do you know that when to switch to that tactic? And I know you kind of said fall the bait fish, but but beyond that, like uh, you know, uh, talk a little bit about that philosophy and how how to know. Two things that trigger that. One is the, the shortening of the of daylight hours. Bass know, Threadfin Shad know, all the Shad know. They know that the cold water is ahead. They've got to go feed. So they're, they're going to feed up and fr- try to fatten up to get through the winter. It's just their, their instinct to, to, to do that. So as soon as the days start to shorten, and that happens June 21st. It's the longest day of the summer. And every day after that, it's going to shorten. Normally... In, in Kentucky, it doesn't transition heavy until the second or third week of September. That's when it's that's we're still a month away right now. We're we're set here, you know, the first week of August. Um, we're still a month away from the transition, but that doesn't mean that I won't, you know, the tournament I've got this weekend. I'm going to fish out part of the time. I'll be fishing in two foot of water because I know those bass are already thinking, "Hey, mm. I need to move shallow." The, the, the bait fish are already moving shallow, so so they're going to be there. But but that's the water temperature is the water temperature will peak in that 88 to 90 degree range. That's where it's at right now. As soon as that water temperature gets below 80, start looking shallow because everything has gone shallow by then. You may have already missed it. You got to be real careful because again, last year mid September when I won that state championship, water temperature was 88 degrees back in a foot of water. That's where the bass were at. Mm. Nobody else was doing that because 88 degree water, nobody thinks of, of fishing shallow. Uh, Jay Ellis, when he fishes Kentucky Lake, he don't fish Kentucky, he fishes Barkley, and he, he don't care what time of year it is, he's going to fish Barkley, and he's going to fish in a foot to two foot of water, flipping those logs. And he always, he's not going to win very many tournaments, but he's always going to come in with 15, 16 pounds in every day of the, of the tournament. That's just what he does yeah so so um final question on tactic and i'll have one question after this talk through time of day right now because how are, I, I obviously there's there's going to be different tactics throughout the day uh when you're doing this fall feed how does that shift throughout the day you've kind of talked about it here and there but just uh, as a nice succinct you know kind of uh, um take on this what how do you approach this uh, throughout the day typically first thing in the morning is top water that that's typical all summer, even into the fall, the, the misnomer is that a lot of people think that it's the first hour of daylight and the last hour of daylight, and after that, you can't throw top water. That's not true in late summer and fall. 
A lot of times in the fall, I'll throw top water all day long. Only thing I'll throw, other than having a, a Cinco set up to throw as a as a follow up bait, one misses the missing the top water, I'll throw a you know plastic in there or something to catch him. But otherwise, I'll, I'll throw top water all day long. And people don't do that. And again, they get in the middle of the day. It's 85 degrees outside. It's slick water. They quit throwing top water, and that's a mistake. Those bass are still traveling in those shallows. They're swimming around looking for for an easy you know, easy meal, and if, and if you throw that top water over their head, it, they're going to come up and eat it. It's easy food for them. It's an easy meal. They're going to come up and, and take advantage of it. But typically, it's it's an hour, hour and a half in the morning, hour, hour and a half right before dark. Don't give it up. Don't give up top water. One of my fishing buddies, middle of summer, he doesn't care. He has a buzz bait tied on on the back of the boat all day long. Because at some point, he'll look up and he'll see a log, he'll see something, and he'll throw that buzz bait across it. And I don't know how many four or five pounders he's caught in the middle of the day when they shouldn't have been there, <laughs> but he would catch them. And I'm sitting there flipping, I'm doing whatever, flip that log, didn't get a bite. He threw a buzz bait across there, made the fish mad. It wasn't that the fish was, the fish was sitting there, you know, in the shade, yeah. hiding, waiting. And then all of a sudden that bait comes across him and gets in his his bedroom and makes him mad. He just kills it. And, and so it, it don't give it up. Throw it all day long. Awesome advice. Awesome advice. All right. I love to end every Gearbox talk with this question. When it comes to that fall bass feed, what what is your number one favorite piece of gear? Oh, you know, I, I truly, I don't have one. I, <laughs> you got to give I me something. <laughs> throwing, I love throwing top water. I mean, I absolutely, you know, I'd rather throw top water than eat. I mean, it, it, it is it's unbelievable <laughs> that the explosion and, and the fight, it, it, it's unbelievable. So a buzz bait or some type of top water bait is my favorite bait to throw. And it doesn't matter to me whether it's a walking bait, if it's a popar, if it's a Donnie Avano splash it, it doesn't matter what it is. As long as it's top water, then I'm in my comfort zone. Awesome, man. Well, Steven, dude, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your knowledge and, and good luck with all your, your tournament fishing. Did you say you got one coming up in September? I've got actually I've got one every weekend from now to the first of November. Awesome, so, dude. Well, I, I, I hope you I wish you success in all of your fishing and uh hopefully we got a little bit of success coming on the way for the viewers and listeners for the show after this this uh this great tutorial today. All right, sounds great. Appreciate it, bud. All right, thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Steven. Man, what a smart dude. I, 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 while he was talking, I was kind of thinking about something and I wanted to share this with you. Now's a great time to be using Go Out's Near Me feature. And, and I want to tell you about it really quick because it can actually help you determine what the fish in your area are doing. So if you're not on Go Wild, just go to downloadgowild.com. It takes 90 seconds to set up your account. Super easy. And once you're in, you'll see a, a button called Trail Mix. Tap that and go to Bass Fishing. From there, there's there's a little radar button in the top right. And what that's going to do, that's the near me button. And you're going to push, push that button and all of a sudden you can see content from local anglers. I mean, I'm talking about people who are near you that are catching fish. They're, all the trophies, all the conversation around bass fishing in your area is going gonna, is gonna to come to your screen right there. And I use this a ton to see like how behavior is shifting seasonally. And and you can ask folks what they're using. You, can, you know, the community is always super nice and helpful. And I've found it 
it to just like for me personally, it's been a great tactic that I use in the fall to to, to track animal behavior. So so I, I highly recommend you know while we're in this shift from summer to fall to check that functionality out. Just a quick reminder, all of the gear that Stephen talked about is in the show notes. You know, any gear that you purchase is not only going to support Go Wild through commissions, but we're going to donate that to, uh, we're going to donate 1% of our revenues from that to, to outdoor nonprofits. So you can actually help, you know, right now it's going to Raise Them Outdoors, which is a camp that helps kids learn to fish, to hunt, to, to camp, uh, really acclimates them to the outdoors and gives them and their parents that outdoor experience to keep, you know, to really convert lifelong anglers, hunters, outdoors enthusiasts. So uh, please, please make sure if you're picking up any of those link or any of the gear that you're doing that through the, the show notes so that we can donate to Raise Them Outdoors. A final thank you to our team here at Go Wild for all the hard work they put into this show. Uh, we continue to, to, to look at ways to make this show better. I hope you're feeling that. I'm, I've certainly felt it myself. It, it's getting better. Uh, with, for me, the team streamlined a lot of stuff. And I think the quality of the shows is getting better over time too. And maybe one of the most significant improvements is I finally shaved off that mustache, which you may or may not have noticed. I can't imagine you didn't. I think you did. All right, that's it for me today. I'm out. Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat. All these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie.